1: Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have you with us. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter at analyticscapper. For this, it's not so much an emergency. It happened earlier today on Sunday afternoon. We're recording this on Sunday evening, but we needed to get a reaction into the huge trade that went down in the NBA on Sunday as the Brooklyn Nets agreed to terms with the Dallas Mavericks on a trade, sending and battled. Controversial guard <laughs> Kyrie Irving to Dallas for along with Mark Keith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie Dorian Finney Smith a first round pick in several years and two second round picks. We'll get into the reaction. We'll talk about the markets, about derivatives, about where this leaves various races, etc. We'll talk about all the betting angles we can, as well as the basketball side of it. Want to let you know that if. You're betting on the NBA. You need to download the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. You can get this podcast as well as all of our podcasts in our media center. Uh, We have all of those along with all the futures that I'll be playing, including I did bet on uh, Friday Brooklyn Nets plus 1400 ticket because I was like, what if they don't trade Kyrie? And then they trade Kyrie. Um, So we'll have a lot to get, get to here. Let's start with the Mavericks side of this. So, Albert, you're in Dallas. Mavs of the hometown team. Your tweets on the timeline were pretty positive. We will mm-hmm. probably disagree on some of this. Give me your general reaction to the trade, and then we'll get into the markets here in a little bit.
2: Yeah, thank you, Matt, for having me on. Big trade. Hopefully, it's going to be a super exciting um, you know, trade deadline the rest of the week here. But Initial reaction, fully transparent with you, Matt. I was I was pretty against it. I was pretty negative. I'm a big Dorian Finney Smith fan. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, has been amazing as you know Luca's uh, right hand man there. And um, I don't really care about the picks. As a mass fan, we don't really draft well. Uh, Luca was a trade anyways, and Dirk was a trade. You know, twenty plus years ago, so we don't really draft well. I don't really care about those picks. Then, but then I like just dove into a little bit more. Basically, the TLDR version, Matt, is I look at Kyrie's pass when it comes to his performance on the court. Yes, off the court, I'm not going to get into that. He's a terrible human being for <laughs> for what I know. Right from what I know, I've never met the guy, uh, but from everything that we've read or I've read, um, he's just someone that really can't be. Um, depended on right in today's society but I'm just looking at his performance on the court his past teammates and how he's performed uh with someone like a Luka Doncic so the most recent guy is James Harden everyone compares Luka to James Harden they had a, a very good stint together playing less than 40 games obviously because of injuries and everything uh that we're not going to get into but uh, they actually performed really well. They had a really good one-two tandem offensively. It was, um, you know, one of those offensive attacks that um, was was pretty tra- transcendent. If they were able to play long term, you go before that, the whole Tatum Brown thing didn't really work out. I think that was uh, the beginning of Kyrie turning into what we know as Kyrie today. And then the the stint on the Cavs, right? He he was basically. Um, not great for the first couple of years. He did win Rookie of the Year, but when LeBron came back, which, for all intents and purposes, is a similar player to Luka Doncic. Obviously, Luka's not as athletic, uh, doesn't do the same amount on defense, things like that, but for the most part, I th- I think Luka and, and LeBron has a similar influence or impact on the game, and Kyrie won, won a ring with LeBron, so for examples, LeBron and James Harden, I'm good with the fit. I think it's going to be up to the Dallas Mavericks brass, whether it's this week, this off season or next year, um, to build around these two pieces.
1: All right. So we'll kind of go from here. Um, This is a betting podcast, so we're not gonna get into all the the off-court stuff and like judging character. Um, I would just like in brief, my take on him is very much that like we all contain multitudes, and Kyrie Irving has a long and prolific history of giving money uh unpromoted to uh significant charities, and you can find kind of Nets Daily had a running tab of that over at their website. Uh, at the same time, it is undeniable that he's been an agent of chaos. Uh, he was the big thing to remember with Cleveland to get like a grand picture of Kyrie's history is that Kyrie wanted out in 2016. Like they won the title. Yeah. And then he wanted out. That should be like your first sign of like, this guy's decision-making might not be a hundred percent about basketball. If he's like, no, no, we won a title. Now I want to get away from LeBron. Um, it's fine to want to spread your own wings. Lots of guys do that. Okay. He goes to Boston. That whole situation happens. Okay. You could forgive the two of them. Oh, well, you know what? He was playing with LeBron. He wanted to spread his wings and Boston wasn't the right fit. You could stretch your, your brain and get yourself into a space where you're like, that was one thing, but Brooklyn's another. And he destroyed the Brooklyn relationship as well. And it's important to remember that this, that his destruction of that relationship began before. That it wasn't just the pandemic and everything that happened in the year where he had to miss games due to the vaccine mandate which hey not gonna have to worry about that in texas that won't be a problem <laughs> um no matter how bad COVID gets won't be a problem in the state of texas so there was like there was a lot of tension about his availability and his buy-in at various p- times throughout before the pandemic and before that season then you had that situation and then he comes in, and there was a whole stuff in the offseason. Couldn't find a buyer. Nobody wanted to give him the money. So he, quote, like, he leaks to Shams. His agent leaks, the, his his side leaks to Shams. You know, he's, quote, recommitted to Brooklyn, which is just, like, it's just lame because it's, like, you tried to get out, and you couldn't. Yeah. Like, just say, like, Kyrie Irving has rescinded his trade request and be done. So, anyway, comes back. Season's going to start. Hey, you know what? They still got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons might be good. This could work. And then immediately he tanks it with the entire thing about what he posted and causes mm-hmm. more chaos. And it's more of a distraction for his teammates. And I took some blowback on Twitter because I was talking about how unfair it is to his teammates. And they're like, his teammates support him and love him. And I was like, I, I don't question that. This is the NBA. I've never heard a player say anything bad about any other player ever unless there's a girl involved. Like, that's the only situation in which there's, like, it's either there's a girl involved or a guy hit me in the nuts. That's that's it. Those are the only two scenarios where anybody says anything bad about one another. Everything else is like, no, I love that guy. He's my brother. He's my brother. He's my brother, right? They protect each other at all costs. So I wasn't concerned about that. But it does not change the fact that, like, what Kyrie has done has screwed his Nets teammates. It has yeah. left them high and dry. He makes $35 million a year. When he does not play, that is resources towards their chances of winning, which they are. They all benefit from that are not available. Okay, so that's all the, the Kyrie stuff. From a Dallas perspective, this was a very desperate move. There will be lots of, of talk about how, like, there's they have outs and leeway and leverage, okay? And the arguments will be, they can offer him more than anyone else, so that will be a pull to get him back. Um, and the answer is yes. If you want to pay him two hundred million dollars, you can definitely do that. Um, there is the start the the most cognizant idea of buying into Dallas comes from the idea that no matter what, it's an upgrade. That like regardless of context, okay, regardless of all the stuff, when he plays basketball, if he plays basketball, that. Kyrie Irving is better than Spencer Dinwiddie, and effectively like better than the combined value of Spencer Dimwitty and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, it gives them another creator. It gives them a weapon off ball that teams have to respect in terms of if you're bringing help on Luca, you've got to be cognizant that Luke that, you know, that Kyrie's there. You can't leave Kyrie open. Can't bring the help from Kyrie. I will say that, like Kyrie is individually one of the most talented players anyone has ever seen. And like, that's why everyone talks about like most skilled player is the, the going nomenclature about him is just like his individual skill level of dribbling, uh, body manipulation, body control to get to his spots, the ability to hit while fading away from any position, the efficiency that combined skill package is unprecedented. And it's really honestly true. It is important to note that, And I I said this about him on the Cavs, and I said this about him on the Celtics, and I said this about him on the Nets. There are possessions where you will see great ball movement occur, and then Mm -hmm. the ball comes to Kyrie, and he stops it. And then he crossovers and steps back, and he hits it because he's Kyrie fucking Irving. And he's an incredible shooter. But there's a lot of times when, like, the ball movement, won't necessarily go through Kyrie. Now he can make some great reads. He's a good passer. Cause he has such good ball control. And like, that's a benefit. And what Dallas has wanted was somebody to take some of the load off of, off of Luca and just be able to have a night where like, they're able to create shots and score so that he's not having to do like the l- usage load on, on Luca was insane this season. And we knew it would be, that's why, you know, we're talking about him for MVP it was like, look, he's just going to put up these ridiculous numbers. Cause he has to, um, the concern has to be, I don't know that like this is a perfect fit next to Luca. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't Chris Paul next to James Harden, which is I think what's more of what you want. Um, Chris is much more of a pure point guard. He's much more of a pure distributor, he's much more of a defender. Um, this isn't even Dwayne Wade next to LeBron James, right? Like Wade, better defender, uh, tougher player, all of these types of things. Like, even if we get to just the basketball side of it. And on top of all this is, is this simple fact the Dallas Mavericks currently have the 10th best schedule adjusted offensive rating in the league. Offense has not been their problem this year. The Mm -hmm. issue is that their defense has fallen off a cliff. Now this move move opens up more minutes for Josh green and Josh green has been a better defender than than Dorian Finney Smith this year. I don't know that you can trust him in a playoff series. He's going to get a bad whistle because he's young, Mm -hmm. but like, There are ways that this can work. But one of the issues is that if they don't make another move, which Dallas might, we'll talk about that in a minute, they're going to have Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Christian Wood. And that's going to play heavy minutes together in a playoff series. That's three guys you can pick on defensively. Going one on one with Luka, yeah, sure. Like he's, he will actually, he's strong and he can bust you. Like that won't work as well as you want it to. But if you get those guys in complicated actions, having to chase off screens, having to come around and pick and roll, having to navigate back screens, having to call out switches, there's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be lack of, lack of effort, and there's going to be opportunities to score on them. And this is going to have to be the thing: is like this unit's going to have to score at an unprecedented level to make up for their defensive liabilities. So, like those are my thoughts on the basketball. Yeah side
2: of it. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't actually love those thoughts. And I I agree with the majority of those thoughts Matt, I would say the number 10 rated, you know, schedule adjusted offense is justifiable. Um, They've been really good. They just play a slow pace. So it seems like they're not scoring a lot, but we both know they're effective uh, in the half court. But I think what's really um, hurting this team is their offense, especially in the fourth quarter. I think that's going to help with Kyrie with his, you know, shot making ability. The way you eloquently put his his how high his skill level is, and being able to to you know get buckets for your team, and in the fourth is going to be important. I think this move is, you could call it desperate. You can call it um, a franchise reset. Whatever the the vernacular you want to use, I would say that nothing, no deal of this magnitude is going to happen in Dallas without Luca Doncic's blessing or approval. So I think, you know, he was a big Spencer Dinwiddie fan, and he is a personal big fan and and friend of Dorian Finney-Smith. So those are two big guys that he's losing from a personnel standpoint, and he basically okayed it. We will never know how involved he is, right, with these transactions – Especially at this age or juncture in his career, there, no one's gonna really, um, you know, own up to how much he's involved. But I think we all can agree with someone like Luca's stature; he does have a, li- a little bit of influence within this front office. Um, and I think the fact that he is okay with it makes me okay with it, right? Because he is—he Luca Doncic is the basketball savant. So if he thinks it's gonna work out, whether it is, whether it's gonna fail, whether it's gonna. You know, fall flat on his face. We don't know. But as of today, if he's he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. But you're right. The the plan now moving forward is to outscore everyone because they're not gonna play any defense with those three guys. Um and I think especially in the fourth, you're gonna have to pick your poison because Luca's been amazing. I mean, he's been amazing in the fourth, too. I think his struggles in the fourth have been overstated. Um, But I I do admit that he loses a lot of steam and a lot of he gets fatigued in the fourth quarter because he's shouldering so much load with Kyrie in the fold. Now, I think that's definitely going to help out. Jason Kidd is it's really going to be up on up to him to not only stagger the minutes here, but, um, you know, overlap the minutes where they're the most effective. And I think it's going to be tough with only 25, 30 games left.
1: Um, I think on the Luca front, I think a a big kind of thing to consider with this is I I think there's some pressure on Luca to make this work because they made the trade for trade for Porzingis to try and get him a running mate that he'd be happy with. And he never got along with KP KP wasn't available, but you also can't really like, you can't now be like, well, KP never was available. Kyrie Irving's played less games than Chris Stapp's Porzingis. That was a fun stat that made its way around the, the NBA (laughs) sphere today over the last like three years. Um, and like, look, this is a thing. Kyrie does have, have injury issues beyond all of the nonsense. Like he yes. also has some injury concerns. He's over 30 and, and there's all these kind of things combined. Uh, there's also kind of the idea of, well, look, if the Mavericks, if this doesn't work, you know, Kyrie leaves and they've got all that cap space. Okay. The problem with this is, and I've talked a lot about this with Mavericks fans. There's a history actually of the last 20 years. Not Dallas. And that's the mistake I think the Mavs fans make because they think it's a Dallas thing. It's a Texas thing. The only marquee free agents to sign with a Texas team in the last 23 years are Dwight Howard, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Monte Ellis. That's the list. Dwight was the only significant, Superstar. like, Hall of Fame, all star caliber player lma was really good he was the most sought after guy in that in that free agency period but like you don't put lma on like this kind of mark so you know if if they don't get in if if Kyrie leaves and they have this cap space like this all that you will have done is you will take in spencer and dorian and turn it into having to overpay yeah. for worse additions in free agency
2: and you'll have lost the picks the one counter to that, because I agree with you. And although it's not a Dallas thing, we're we're speaking specifically about Dallas and they've just struck out year after year on mega superstar free agents. But I think the one um I, you know one 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 thing that you can hang your hat on if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan is there's no superstars in twenty twenty-three free agency class right now. So maybe maybe again, I'm I'm thinking from a glass half full perspective here, but all the money that Dallas potentially could have if Kyrie walks away, um, uh, maybe they'll be successful signing the tier two, uh, you know, borderline all-star, borderline starting players. Uh, maybe they'll have more success with that because they haven't had any zero success when it comes to superstars.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: All right, let's talk about the markets because this is a betting podcast. So let's start with this. The Mavericks are currently at FanDuel sponsor of buckets, plus 460 to win the Southwest Division. Uh, after the Memphis Grizzlies lost to the Toronto Raptors at home, uh, they, by the way, are two and eight in their last ten. The Grizzlies are at twenty-one losses. The Mavs are at twenty-six. There's a five-game differential in the loss column. Um, so at plus four sixty for the division with or less than thirty games remaining, um, I still have a hard time. Like I liked, I've I faded. To Memphis considerably. I still think that they're probably going to wind up. I think I'm actually going to wind up cashing the under. Um, They've been in a tailspin. Nice. The regression has been hot and heavy, but at plus four sixty, that's a 17.8% chance of them closing and winning this division, making it five games in this final remainder. They do have tiebreaker over Memphis, which helps, but having to get Kyrie and things like just take off immediately with Luca having, He's been banged up all year because of his usage rate. Mm -hmm. I can't get there. It's like, I, I, I don't think that this is like a no. I don't think that this is lay the wood with Memphis at minus 550, right? I don't think there's value on Memphis here, nor do I think there's value on the Pelicans. I think it's a no bet do I think that the Mavericks will probably now go over their preseason win total? Probably. They'll probably get to like 47, 48 wins. Kyrie will help them. They'll be better. He'll, if nothing else, they'll just provide buffer for the second units and the games where Luke is out. Mm-hmm. But I can't find a division play to have any sort of value here.
2: I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Memphis is, that's a lot of games to make up with such a limited, uh, you know, time left in the season. And, and Matt, you know, this, at this juncture of the season, there's not many practices there's so many games that you know come at you so quickly so much travel at this point that the guys and the coaching staff you know they'll scout and they'll scheme but there's not like real you know Dallas is not going to have a training camp right to really integrate Kyrie Irving right. so that's why these midseason trades are always a, a wild card um but the good thing about Dallas is um, whether you agree or not I think Jason Kidd in these situations being a point guard himself should be able to allow these players to empower these players to play the way they want or to play the play the way that they think would be successful so hopefully we'll see if that's going to be successful or positive for Dallas I I don't know but I think plus 460 honestly is is a it's like a sprinkle if you were to bet it because Memphis might, start resting guys you know jaw is out tonight uh so dallas might go on a run whether they you know next 10 games if they win they go eight and two or nine and one then this will be a lot closer than you think but it's not something that i would personally do you might be able to get clv on it and then hedge
1: with memphis at a lower number if it gets really tight right if it gets down to like minus 150 or something you could hedge it if you just want to like guarantee yourself a small profit i just don't necessarily like i i feel like you're I feel like you're working really hard here to draw out pennies on the dollar um mm-hmm. with that kind of approach. So I don't a good think good way that to that put way. it. Yeah. Mav's conference. So I've talked a lot about this about how I think um you should wait until the playoffs get closer to back conferences. And I still kind of think that the the conversation has been interesting today on Twitter and that there's a lot of um th- this this phrase, the West is wide open. The West is wide open.
2: Is it the, the disrespect, man? Like the it, disrespect on the Nuggets.
1: Like yeah. Denver's been the best team for going on three months now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they have a top 10 defense over the past two and a half months. Not a, a two-week period. Two and a half months, they have a top 10 defense. And that includes the games where Luka where Jokic doesn't play. Um, they they have arguably the best offense in the NBA. they they've wrecked everyone especially at home and they're going to have home court like after that maverick that memphis loss you know even with denver basically throwing the the second game not throwing but like resting everybody on the second night of the back to back they're up 4 on memphis and they have tiebreaker the kings are next and they're 6 games back like no one's catching i don't think anybody's catching denver um the the path here i've said consistently that for Denver the team to worry about is actually the Mavericks it's a team that's going to basically say like we're going to play as slow as possible this is going to be like an 80 like a 94 possession game and we're just going to hang close enough to where we can beat you late now the Nuggets have been arguably the best clutch team in the league this year so that that's hard to beat Um, but I do think that like Kyrie does probably help them in that situation. It gives them another guy to uh, attack with. Um, it gives a guy to balance out the the scoring that like if Luca is going to match Jokic, Kyrie can match Jamal Murray. And then you're trying to make up for Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, Jr. Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Bruce Brown, and a really good offense overall, but still, you know, maybe if it's a slow enough game, you can kind of do that. Um, but I will just say like, you really got to see what this looks like in terms of the seating before making this call. Mm-hmm. If Dallas winds up, let's say that Dallas makes a run and they get into the three seed, let's say Sacramento slips and it's Memphis in the two and Dallas in the three. And that Dallas doesn't have to go through Denver or the Clippers, let's say until the conference finals, then like, I would like, yeah, I would like Dallas over Memphis. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, then that's like a good spot to bet them. I just don't like I I think Dallas will be a, a I don't think that we're going to get to the playoffs. And with this number at plus 550 at FanDuel, I don't think we're going to get to the playoffs and have it be like, oh, the Mavs are plus 200 to win the wet. Like, that's not going to happen. They're still going to be about here. No, nothing they can do in this final. What? I'm trying to think about how much time we have left here with the all star break included. Really two months of play. We have two months of play left, 30 games. There's nothing, even if Dallas goes on an incredible run, they are not going to be in a spot where they are a significantly shorter number than this to win the West. Do you agree?
2: I agree with you on that. And I agree with you on the premise that the West is not wide open. Denver is far and away the best team in this conference. And like Matt alluded to, they've been this way for several months. I think all the teams that you expect to you know, start really gearing up for it. And they haven't, they just, they have continually decided to load manage their players is because they're not worried about any other team. So I think the teams like the Lakers, the Warriors, um, even, even the Timberwolves, they, they've been sitting out players because a, they don't want to be the eight seed. They don't want to play Denver. I, I don't think anybody wants to play Denver in the first round but they are okay with literally playing any other team in the top four, uh, whether they have home court or not. So I think that's why we're seeing, I don't know, maybe it's it's me, but I feel like there's even more load management this year than any other year. There's less urgency and we're already in February in these games. So um, I don't know, but as far as the Mavericks are concerned, I think you're right. If they are in the, you know, two, seven, three, six bracket I think I like their chances in the first round, even if they don't have home court. And then especially in the second round there, because um, it's still Luca. It's still, they still have the best player uh, on the court, which, uh, you know, when it comes to a seven game series, that sometimes is the deciding factor, but it's Denver's conference to lose right now.
1: Like if you're, like, here's an interesting question. Okay. Uh, Booker gets back. The Suns go on a run. But they're so far in the hole, and they're in the sixth spot. And Dallas improves as we kind of expect them to. The Kings slip a little bit, and it goes Nuggets, Memphis, Dallas, and then Dallas gets the Suns in the three-six with a fully healthy Phoenix Suns team. I'm not who worried. Should, uh, that's fine. My question though is who should be who will be favored in that matchup?
2: I think the odds makers are gonna react to last season's playoff series. Um, and it's gonna be Dallas with home court in that situation. I think Dallas would be favorite. It'd okay. be like minus 120 or something. I don't know if I think
1: that. I think that it might end up being close enough in terms of the win differential. Like, what if it's like Mavs at 47 wins or 48? Let's say it's Mavs at 49 wins, which would be a, a really impressive run for them, honestly, with where they're at now. Yeah. Mavs at 49 and the Suns, uh, who by the way are one game or tied, they're half game above Dallas right now. Um, but let's say the Suns like stay about where they're at and they finish at like 46. Like that's not enough of a differential to get me past like what we've seen from Phoenix the last couple of years outside of that one series. I I think maybe a a more interesting way to kind of put this is if there wasn't that connection of the one of the, the fact that the Mavericks have owned the Suns here since that playoff series, they've beaten them this year too. If there wasn't that perception, if it was just like another team with the Phoenix Suns profile, and they're currently plus 950 to win the Western Conference. Like, think about that. They are a half game above Dallas. Dallas is plus 550. The Phoenix Suns are plus 950. Like, that's that's like, so what I'm saying is, if you're going to bet the conference right now, it's not Dallas. It's one of these teams yeah. like the Clippers, the Warriors, or the Suns that you want to probably be betting because the market is objectively just, like, dumb about them right now. It's way too short-sighted with where it's at. Um, One more. For you, and that's Luca's now dipped to plus 800 to win MVP. Now he's missed a, some games here with that heel injury. Sounds from kid like it's not going to be that long term. Um, mm-hmm. Kyrie makes the debut on Wednesday. I still think Luca's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Like, I, I think it, if you're looking for a buy point, Luca was plus 400 in preseason mm-hmm. and he's plus 800 now. I don't think Kyrie Irving necessarily takes away from his chances of winning MVP because he's already put in the work to establish himself as an MVP candidate. And if the Mavericks get the wins, it's just going to be like, hey, he made the Kyrie Irving thing fit and he like he needed some help. It's not his fault that team was that bad. When it got better, his stats stayed the same and they won games. So That's I actually think that problem. like if you haven't bet Luca for MVP and you want to add him to your portfolio, eight plus eight hundred now is the time.
2: Yeah, that's the critical point that Matt made. It's it's team success at this point. Um Jokic is always going to have the numbers. Jokic is um fairly the 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 favorite right now for MVP. They're first in the West and he has the best numbers. Um but I think there is going to be potential voter fatigue. There's only been three players that have won three straight MVPs, whether you like it or not, not many You know, voters are going to view this in a mutually exclusive setting here. So you're going to have some of that pushback against Jokic. It's really up to the Dallas Mavericks team to have success. So, you know, Matt mentioned maybe getting up to 48 wins, which would most likely be good enough for a third or fourth seed. I think he might be able to split some of those votes Um, I think it's a great time to buy because you're right he's missed a few games here recently and the Mavericks haven't been good at all they're only four and six in their last 10 and just have been sputtering for for more than the last 10 games it's been like three four weeks now so um, I think it's a good point good good opportunity to buy again it's gonna be contingent on on team success.
1: All right, let's talk about the Nets now. Uh um, yes. the, the Nets moved to plus twelve hundred. Their division odds, they moved to plus eighteen hundred. Uh title, they moved to plus twenty two hundred. Uh I'm not gonna make the argument that they're better. They're not. Well, I'm not gonna make it because I don't think we have time, but I think make <laughs> the argument. Um a couple of things to consider here. Uh what I will tell you is this that they didn't have any choice here. Like, Kyrie was going to, was going to submarine the season. He's already proven that he'll sit out if he thinks that he's getting screwed or if it's not fair, he's the unfair victim of, of injustice or whatever. So like he made it very clear to them after like they offered him the contract with restrictions and with things that he would have to hit. And he was Mm -hmm. outraged. How, how dare you? I've, I'm Kyrie Irving. And so he got real mad and issued the trade request. And like, I don't blame them for just being like, we're done um
2: so before you get into all that matt do you think the nets chose the best deal for the franchise oh yeah yeah
1: i do um you if you kept him you have to if you kept him and you wound up making a run you would have to make this decision all over again
2: oh no no let me i guess let me repeat that question with multiple offers on the table again it's all rumored lakers clippers suns mavericks do you think that the Nets chose the best deal that was offered to them? Yes. Okay. Because they
1: got two starters, a first, and two seconds. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting that anywhere else. Um, the Lakers would have sent Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks, which says, hey, like, KD doesn't want to play with Russ. You have to deal with that whole thing. You either have to move yep. him to a third location or just send him home. Your season's over, right? Um the two first round picks are of very low value, right? Like, there's a chance, there's a there's a chance this whole thing goes terribly, terribly wrong, and Luca asks out, and then that pick becomes very valuable down the line. Yeah. The Clippers would don't have picks to offer, they gave them all for Paul George. So the Clippers would have been like, here's Terrence Mann and Mark Marcus Morris and John Wall or Reggie The Morris Turner. brothers would have reunited. Yeah, like that's what they would have sent. And like it would have been okay, but it would have been good. Like the, the 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 Clippers have enough random contracts for guys to be able to piece together the necessary money to send out for Kyrie. But it would have been hard, and the, Maver- the like the Nets would have had so many guys would have had to let guys that they want go to make yeah. room for it. Just no. Versus the Mavericks came through and were like, "We'll give you two starters and a pick and two yeah. seconds on top of it." Like no, this is like wait, I'll I'll just tell you this. Like Lee, I, there was a lot of like. They got got a couple texts that were like good for Sean which is like John Sean Marks like got mm-hmm. way more than I thought he'd get out of it given the toxicity of Kyrie Irving so yeah. I, I, think, I think they did pretty well in terms of the return uh, from a betting perspective here is where I will tell you I'm at uh, I want to see what the market pops up at with a with a win total those are off the board right now which is understandable I want to see what those numbers pop back up at After the trade deadline. I want to see what those numbers look like after the trade deadline. Um, I will probably look if they don't make another move, because this is like a very key point here. The Mavericks could also make another trade. They have some options on the board. They can move something like THJ for Karis Levert, though I think the Cavaliers have better offers for that now, based off of what I've heard. Or um there's a number of options that Dallas can go through. They can actually move Christian Wood. Like, they can try and make another move here to, to even get even better if they think they, they can add more pieces. But the Nets in particular, I think, have even kind of more upside. Uh, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Seth Curry have all been available for the last, like, month and a half. I've heard that from multiple people, that they, they've they had conversations with the Nets about those guys. So the Nets are still looking for, like, another upgrade. So there's a chance that the Nets are going to add Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a potential big, and then maybe, like, a wing. And if they do all that, then it's like, they might be better. Like they really just might be better with what they're doing. The other thing I would say is like the Nets identity, when they were playing their best, it was, it really was defense. Like that's that stretch where it was like when Kevin was playing, they had a really good offense and an elite defense. And that combination is what got them back into the swing of things. If you told me that the Nets don't make any other trades and that Kevin Durant does not ask out, and does not get traded before the deadline, I am trying to find angles to buy on Nets, whether it's on a division play, even though they like, that is a lot to be back. Uh, Celtics are at 16 losses. The Brooklyn Nets are at 20. That's four. That's the exact same gap I just said between uh, Nuggets and Grizzlies. And I said like the Nuggets are going to get it. Very unlikely that the Nets are going to catch the Celtics. But the Celtics have been on like a slow decline and the Nets... Really, honestly, if they get Kevin Durant back, could make this push. I, I'm going to look to be like a buyer on the nets, but I have to hear what's going on with Kevin Durant, and no one knows the answer to that question yet.
2: Yeah, one thing that you mentioned that uh, re- triggered one thing I, I didn't like about this trade from a Dallas Mavericks perspective is they should have gotten one of those shooters uh, the Nets need a backup big behind Claxton, and the Mavs have Dwight and Javale Maxi's injured, but they have his his contract as well. They should have gotten a a, a shooter back, even Yuta. That would have been amazing. Um, but with yeah, with that being said, from a Nets perspective, I don't know, man. I I think I know. I know Kyrie Irving is, you know, mentally unstable, and he's been given this rep that. He's a, a team destroyer, and he has been. He's destroyed three franchises, but I wouldn't say that Kevin Durant is a um, is is stable himself mentally, right? So I don't know how he's going to react to something like this. You know, Kyrie Irving is off the team now. I'm sure he likes Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm sure he likes Spencer Dinwiddie and and those pieces because um, you know they're quality starters and quality rotational players in the NBA but I just don't know if he's going to have the same motivation because he lost an elite talent next time. Um, I think Kevin Durant is still going to show up and do his job, but I, 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 it's it's hard for me. I don't know if I could buy on this team because uh, to win in the East, which you know the top of the East is loaded right now, I just think you need high-level talent, and I think they lost a really big ingredient in Kyrie Irving tonight.
1: Yeah, I don't agree. Um, I like, was Kyrie the reason that those lineups were great?
2: It's a, no. it's a, t- it's a tough question, man. Cause I think uh, when, when you look at Kyrie and Kevin Durant in individual vacuums, they're basically unguardable at their positions. And yeah. it, it really puts a lot of pressure on opposing defenses. Yes. They, they built a team with Jacques Fon that played defense, rebounded, uh, hustled, and is perfect around those two players. And now you don't have, you know, half of the the tandem, so it's it's a big question mark for me when it comes to the nets. Like, I'm not going to touch them, even if there's value for overs, or you know, division bets. I just I don't know. It's how about it's, how about, it's a question mark?
1: I got one for you. So this is via PBPStats.com. Um, I looked at Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neill, because those have really been like the four like most functional starters for this team so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton are plus 19 without Kyrie and Royce O'Neal in 85 minutes. Kyrie, wow. Kevin, and Nick without Royce are plus 15. That's excellent. But this is the next one. KD, Claxton, and Royce O'Neal are plus 14, right behind that lineup, with a 108 defensive rating versus the 116 of the combo with Kyrie. And mm-hmm. all of these combinations, like they all wind up getting like... they. This is like the pattern of... The lineups with KD and Kyrie were really good. The lineups with KD and Royce O'Neal are really good. The lineups with KD and Nick, Cl- KD is the key here. Yeah. And
2: so here And they're yeah. adding a great defender in Finney Smith as well. Who,
1: by the way, Kevin Durant has spoken repeatedly about. Uh shout out to Locked On Nets for for noting that. That Kevin Durant has openly talked about how much he likes Dorian Finney Smith's game. Yeah. Look, it's it's a talent downgrade for sure, but like having great wing guys all of whom have shown in the past the capacity to be able to to shoot next to Kevin Durant isn't a bad strategy yeah they have a ton of
2: shooters yeah
1: and so it's not that again I don't think that they'll be here here's a question it's not that I don't think they'll be that I think that they'll be better it's I don't know how much worse they're gonna be and the bigger question here though is i don't no one knows no one knows where kevin's head's at Here's yeah. like for example here's what i've heard in the last here's what i've heard in the last uh 48 hours since the trade news broke on friday um kevin distanced himself from Kyrie's nonsense over the summer who collective actually talked about that on a podcast i'd heard the same um katie is still very tight with Kyrie, and he's very upset like it's there's a good chance that, that he will be very upset that this happened because he doesn't think it's fair and he doesn't like this kind of power play against a player um KD will probably just be like, it is what it is. He's made his peace with it. He'll play out the rest of the year. Like, I've heard the gamut because nobody fucking knows. And so this is what I'm telling you as a better is I think there's going to be value on the Nets if they can keep this thing together. But until we know, you should not touch Nets futures. Like, until you are certain, until it is past the deadline and Kevin Durant's not going anywhere, you should not be betting the Nets futures. After that, I will probably like them, and we'll see if I can find an angle on them, whether it's conference or division or what. Um, But that's kind of my read on it. Um, Finally, last one I got for you before we get out of here. Los Angeles Lakers in the market are plus 180 to make the playoffs now. Mm.
2: Poor LeBron James.
1: Yeah, yeah, the King's going through it. The reality is there's kind of this this gaining momentum about them. This hurts because this is one of the few teams that would have taken Russ and would have taken Russ for a return and would have taken Russ for a return of an all star caliber player. Like it's possible between now and Thursday that Bradley Beal, who has a trade clause in his contract, says, Okay, I'm done. I want out, send me to LA. And the Wizards say, Fine, we'll take Russ and the two picks and be done. That's possible. I haven't heard that, done, that that's been talked about. That's speculative, but it's like the kind of thing that happens in this league, but it's also possible. The Lakers can't do anything. And the Lakers are, and everyone's like, yeah, but with LeBron and AD, okay, they've had LeBron and AD back and there's still a 500 team over the last like 12 games. Yeah. This is a 500 team. The talent on this roster is a 500 team. And I don't know if that's going to
2: be enough to get them out of the play-in. I think their season is over. I think uh, Kyrie Irving, the potential acquisition of Kyrie would have been a nice, um you know uh, obviously a nice addition he's won with LeBron before he has a tight relationship with Anthony Davis I think the three of them together would have been a really tough out in the playoffs at this point I'm sorry LeBron James and Lakers nation um but I think they're punting the season and gonna go all in in the offseason so they're gonna let Russ stay walk let his money get off the books and uh and see what they can build next year i'm sorry guys it's another year wasted for you know quote unquote lebron's prime but you're about to celebrate you know one of the greatest records ever ever you know about to be broken here in the next week or two so enjoy that moment um and then hopefully you'll have team success next year because i think this year's over
1: all right, we'll see what happens between now and the deadline. We'll, of course, have a continuing reaction from NBA Trade Deadline Week here on Buckets of if, if News Warrants. Otherwise, we'll be back with you tomorrow with a Best Bets episode featuring albert and jay money we'll talk to you guys again then thanks for joining us make sure to download the action network app our thanks to producer david payne for getting this podcast up for us we appreciate it my thanks to albert for making himself available on a sunday night to react to this craziness our thanks to Kyrie irving for always keeping us entertained (laughs) at the edge of our seats we'll see how this all works out we'll keep you updated on where the futures market goes and more you can check out my two columns breaking down the deal for both the lakers the nets and the mavericks over at the action network app until next time thanks for joining us